A rural Cavan community will gather this evening uh, to pray for the safe return of a young woman who disappeared without a trace in Portugal over two years ago. 38-year-old Jean Tig uh, vanished suddenly in July 2020. But Jean's family say the Portuguese police never properly investigated the mystery. The Taunashe and the Minister for Foreign Affairs, Michal Martin, this week intervened in the case after appeals from the Tig family uh, for the Irish authorities to do more. Welcome to episode 26 of Radio Aspoil. Radio Aspoil, we uh, present content in both video and uh, podcast format. Um, it's all listed in the uh, descriptions. Um, as you heard from the audio insert there, uh, we're dealing with a missing person case, uh, Jean Tai, who disappeared in Portugal in 2020. This is quite an unusual case, and it only came on my radar um, in the past couple of months. Just for the record, I'm recording on March the 6th, uh, 2023. Okay, so missing person case, July 2020. Okay, so in a sense, we're dealing with what I'd almost call, the case isn't closed, it's still active. It actually has become a criminal investigation. Um. But in a sense, I'm approaching this a little bit like a cold case because, as you'll hear in this case, the family have very limited details. In fact, it's a very curious and and somewhat mysterious case. Here's what's going to happen and what we're going to do. We're going to go through the timeline and deep dive uh, the timeline and go into the analysis of it. Um... I'm not promising answers. I'm not promising anything here other than making people aware maybe more of the minutiae details in this missing person case that you may not have been aware of in the Irish media and Portuguese media, which ultimately this is where this missing person case is set. I want to stress, as always, um... Be respectful if you comment wherever you see uh, this episode. Um, Times in this timeline, I may refer to a previous case in Portugal. Okay? You all know where I'm going. And I'm going to stress now, uh, not just about being respectful, I'm not interested in comments about that case. The focus here is Jean Tai from Cavan, uh, Ireland, who's missing in tw- who went missing in 2020 in Portugal. I'm not interested in your theories or speculation about some other case that I may or may not refer to in this episode. Okay, so please again be respectful. I don't do conspiracy theories. I'm not interested in it. Um, if you're into that, you're in the wrong channel. Bye bye. Now, with that, um, let's see how long this takes. We'll go to the timeline. It's reasonably detailed. As I always say, these episodes, they're as long as it takes us to get through. Appreciate you joining me. 
um, to go through this case uh, wherever you see it give it a like um, it helps um, I'd appreciate a subscribe um, hit the notification bell if you want to hear any more or listen and see any more content that I do on missing pet I do lots of other stuff I do uh, poetry I cover aviation I cover publishing and writing I do lots of stuff outside of just missing persons and true crime but uh, predominantly in the recent year to 18 months we've been concentrating an awful lot more on um, missing persons and true crime okay you ready with that let's go This is uh, Jean Tai missing. Uh, we're gonna go through our summary. Um, take good look. Uh, obviously, I'll at the uh, end of this um, episode, I will give you know the usual uh, contact details for official sources to report information, sightings, that kind of thing. Okay, and you'll in this um, episode, you're gonna see. And here, plenty of audio inserts, uh, some visual uh, inserts as well. Um, okay, so let's work on a brief of the case. Okay, so these are basic details. So think of this as an introduction in the way I approach all these cases. So we're working from scratch here. We know nothing. Off we go. Jean Tai, a native of Cavan, Ireland, goes missing from a hostel. She is staying at a Parade, Portugal, located just outside the city of Lisbon on July the 13th, 2020. She is spotted by a, ho a hostel worker carrying her handbag, leaving to meet up with a Brazilian male friend. Jean has spent much of her life traveling abroad as a free spirit and has visited places all over Europe, India, Australia, and South Africa. She can often be away from Ireland and her family for many months at a time, but always make sure she is back in Ireland from her travels during the Christmas period. Jean is described by her family and friends as very independent, outgoing, always wanting to meet people and make new friends, but generally travels more often alone on her trips. She was known to be very streetwise and loved her bohemian lifestyle as a non-drinker and vegan. At 38 years of age, this would have been July 2020, she had experienced her share of personal ups and downs and found the period of lockdowns in Ireland at the beginning of the pandemic to be stressful and restrictive. Ultimately, she travelled to Portugal for several months, staying in various hostels during the first half of 2020 until her disappearance in July that year in Pereira. Two and a half years later, January 2022, Jean is still not recorded on the official public missing persons list in Portugal or Ireland. <coughs> I just want to update that uh, since I did this timeline. I believe she now is listed um, on the official uh, Ireland missing uh, website the acapote to that is that um really this missing person case has ultimately only 
come to news media in recent months and we go back to kind of very late last year and early this year okay so it's important just to keep that in mind uh, when we go through this timeline so let's go through the dates the previous week and this is prior to sunday july 12th 2020 Tai, 38 years of age an irish citizen books a flight home for a family visit to ireland she has been in portugal for several months staying in hostels this is a very normal travelling lifestyle for the independent-minded cabin woman who has over many years visited places in Europe, Asia, Australia and Africa. While Jean can sometimes not make contact with family for long periods of time on her travels, she has recently been in contact with family and friends back home in Ireland. That's an important thing to keep in mind. It's not that she wasn't in contact, she'd actually been very recently in contact uh, with family and friends. In the immediate period leading up to her disappearance, when the family did speak on the phone with Jean, nothing in the conversations or tone of Jean seemed untowards or rang alarm bells with them. So, go back to July 2020. Jean is staying at a hostel in Portugal. Clearly, returning home for a family visit is on her mind and she's booked one. We must also remember that in July 2020, even in Portugal, many countries were still operating heavy inward and outward travel restrictions during the pandemic. And again, that's another thing to keep in the back of your mind when you start asking questions of, oh, well, why this, why that? They're important details. You know, don't apply what's happening now in the world to where it was then. We were in a very different place back in 2020. Travel restrictions, lockdowns everywhere. So put yourself back in that mindset. That's where we are. Um, we're going to take a listen to this next uh, insert. Jean had mental health difficulties. She went to Portugal in summer 2020 to escape the COVID lockdown, but she was last seen at a hostel in Pareda outside Lisbon on the afternoon of July 13th. A worker there said she had gone to meet a Brazilian man, but he had no other details even of Jean's appearance. A few days later, an Angolan man claiming to be Jean's boyfriend reported her missing. We don't know why. He died in recent weeks. And back then, the local police in Portugal immediately opened a criminal investigation uh, the Thai family who mightn't hear from Jean for months often they weren't told about this until January 2021 through their own inquiries they've established Jean had booked a flight home to Ireland the day before she disappeared and her mobile phone it showed signs of life until February 2021 including responding to messages the phone we recently learned was last seen in the hand of a member of staff at the hostel outside Lisbon. All the rest of Jean's belongings were left behind the day she left. And the Thai family, they claim the Portuguese police have not taken key and vital steps in their investigation. Oh, on Sunday, July 12th, we now know that Jean had booked a ticket to fly back to Ireland to meet family and friends. The 13th, which is the day she went missing. Jean leaves the Yourself Hostel 
at Praga 5 de Bro, a chain of hostels she regularly stayed at located in Praga outside Lisbon, Portugal to meet a Brazilian friend. Just before 4.06pm, Jean makes a WhatsApp to her sister Leona in New York. Leona misses the call. She later returns the call via WhatsApp, but it goes unanswered. Jean's departure is witnessed by a hostel worker. Jean is also reported by guests at the hostel to have left with her handbag. Her passport, travel bag with clothes and belongings and phone remain at the hostel. The phone itself is later reported to be found lying on her bunk bed by a hostel worker. <coughs> she shared up and down bunk beds with Maria Oliveira, who was also staying at the hostel. Oliveira states uh, to Expresso News, this is a media company in uh, Portugal, that she witnessed this hostel worker accessing the phone to see if she could figure out who and how to contact the owner. Oliveira does not know what happened the phone after that. The phone, as we will see later in this case, is a critical piece of evidence, as well as social media, and they lie at the centre of this missing person case. As Portuguese police have never released public details of the case and investigation, the phone will raise more questions than provide answers. At some point of Jean's journey to meet up with her Brazilian friend, she must have realised she left it behind. Was this a deliberate act or did she simply forget it? Why did she not return to retrieve it? Was it because she couldn't she wouldn't need it and it was not worth returning to get because she would return to the hotel uh, the hostel that evening? Because all our belongings were left at the hostel. <coughs> it also makes sense to me that this trip to meet a friend was intended to be a short trip and that she intended to return. Now I've looked at the maps, there's a taxi rank outside the hostel, as well as a nearby train station. I also located a nearby bus service, though we do not know how Jean travelled on that Monday to meet her friend, by foot or transport, and where exactly she was travelling to. Whatever happened late that afternoon, Jean did not return uh, to the hostel. And I think those details are important. I'm showing you now just a map of the area. You can see it's quite a busy built up uh, area. Lots of traffic, lots of residential places, hostels, hotels, restaurants. Um, the particular area she was staying in wasn't all that far even from the coast, the beach. Uh, you know, so it's it's worth bearing that in mind, and you can see some of the places here on this map as well. So that intrigues me. Why didn't she go back to pick up her phone, meeting this Brazilian friend? I, I generally, your phone when you go out is an important thing because whether you're planning bus services, train services, you're looking at times, arrival times. We don't know <coughs> where specifically this friend was. We'll talk about that more later. And if you realise you'd left your phone at the hostel, wouldn't you, if it was within reason after you left, wouldn't you go back to pick it up? Because meeting somebody often is, hey, I'm on my way, I'm heading there, you know, you text them, um, where are we meeting, you know, that kind of thing. So a phone is an important device to have in this day and age with you. So it intrigues me that she left 
or forgot the phone at the hostel that Monday. Uh, let's take an insert now. I think you're going to hear from Frances, uh, her sister, and the last time she heard from Jean. People don't just disappear. Jean Ty is somewhere in Portugal, likely. That's where she is, and, and we need so much help. Nothing has been done. Okay, so Jean has left the hostel on July 13th, the Monday, sometime in the late afternoon. Between the Wednesday and Thursday, Portuguese police are informed by her Angolan boyfriend that she is missing. Police will later claim that they informed the Irish Embassy in Lisbon. The point of this exchange between the Irish Embassy and the Portuguese police is to ensure Gardaí, that's the Irish police in Ireland, have been informed. The Gardaí will later tell <coughs> Jean's family that no such alert incident or report was filed with them of a missing person, Irish person in Portugal at that time, nor was there any contact of them by the Irish Embassy in Lisbon. No authority of any kind informed Jean Ty's family at this time. Whatever happened, there was a complete communication and operation failure to notify the Thai family by whatever agency should have ensured due diligence was executed in the case. It's important to note, as reported by Expresso investigative journalist Michael Pierre, who says, although there has been a criminal case open since that time, the case was never made public and it took two years to reach the judiciary police, just to explain, the judiciary police are like the national police force who deal with criminal uh, crime. Whereas initially the way it works in Portugal is local police, often local or if you want to call them community police, uh, deal with crime and then they refer them immediately on if a crime is being committed or and it's handed on. For clarity, again, the judiciary police in Portugal look after crime cases. Sometimes they are referred to by the Portuguese public as the PJs. Local police tend to look after more perfunctory cases within a community. Now, what strikes me as curious is why a reported missing person case was so soon escalated to the level of a criminal case by the local police <coughs> and what evidence or suspicions the Portuguese had to do this and why it took so long to reach the PJs, the, uh, uh, the National Police. The status of being missing, remember, is not of itself a criminal act, even under Portuguese law. So I'm left with the conclusion that either the local police had evidence or suspicions of third-party involvement, or this is just another example of Portuguese authorities moving it to criminal status to avoid having to go public which is shocking for a missing person case because any country will tell you the most valuable asset the police have in investigating a missing person case is public assistance. You can't do that unless you tell the public. So it's not exactly helpful either way when you're dealing with a missing person. Public assistance in a missing person case, particularly in the first few hours and days, is absolutely critical. Now we move to Sunday. July 19th, we're not quite six days on. Leona, um, who is one of Jean's sisters, sends a hello WhatsApp message to Jean. Okay, she hasn't heard from her in days. It will become one 
of seven social media messages sent to her phone that appear to have been accessed and read but with no response. Remember we mentioned that the hostel staff member after she went missing found her phone on the bed and was witnessed by Maria Oliveira to be accessing it trying to figure out who, who owns this phone can I make contact with the owner and now we're going to experience quite a number of gaps here in this case so throughout 2020 which is the year Jean Tai disappears direct debits begin to bounce unpaid from Jean's bank account the family in Cavan are receiving letters to the household addressed to Jean from service providers of unpaid bills mandated from a bank account. Countless messages on social media are sent by family and friends asking about her well-being, but there is never a response. In the months since her disappearance, it becomes clear to, a f to the family that certain messages, particularly on WhatsApp, are being read by Jean or someone else, but with no response. So anybody who uses uh, WhatsApp, you'll notice there's, um, when you send a message, you can often look back on the message that you send and you'll notice it initially, uh, after the message, there's little tiny boxes that are greyed out if the message hasn't been read. And then they go, I think it's blue, they go blue boxes where clearly somebody has acknowledged the message and read it, viewed it. And in this case, that was happening but the messages weren't being responded to. So we're back to the phone. So some background. Investigative journalist Nicole Pierre would later discover that the hostel had a protocol for personal belongings abandoned at a hostel and unclaimed. They would be stored in a safe place and eventually handed over to the police on request. As best we understand it, police records do not list the recovery of genes phone in the possessions they have there's no record of a phone so where is that phone and who has it and who had it in the subsequent days post july 13th however it's clear that someone over weeks and months after was keeping it charged remember the phone has to be charged to be used even if you're just checking what's on it, whether that's incoming messages or activity. Was this Jean or someone else who had the phone? If it was Jean, then she would have had to return to the hostel to get the phone. But we know she didn't. So does it make sense? She didn't go back to collect her belongings. Why would she go back and somehow incognito have collected her phone? I think it's very clear Whoever had that phone was not Jean. She didn't go back to the hostel, which is where the phone was, where her belongings were, where. So whoever was accessing that phone was not Jean. Hence why there was no response. There's absolutely no evidence Jean ever returned to the hostel. So who had possession of the phone and was regularly accessing it? And for what purpose? Again, Portuguese police have never disclosed publicly if they did checks and retrieval of CCTV footage of the hostel and the surrounding area. They may have, they may not have. We don't know. That's the intrigue and the mystery about this case. 
Portuguese police are simply not disclosing any details of this case. And that included initially the family. <coughs> now we're still in 2020. September the 27th. One of Jean's friends in touch with the family reports that her messages to Jean are also read but not responded to. We move to December 2020. Jean Tig does not return home to her family from her travels in Portugal. This is completely out of character for Jean. Remember, the family know nothing. They haven't been told their sister, their daughter, their friend fr is missing. They know nothing. Months and months have gone by. They're thinking maybe Jean headed off somewhere else. She'll eventually contact us. Christmas comes. They're expecting Jean to return home. They're also wondering, but she booked a trip to return to Ireland. Why hasn't she come back? This is uh, Leona, um, by the way, in this picture, and she's holding up a picture of uh, her sister, uh, Jean. So according to Jean's sister, Leona, at the time this report was made, the Portuguese police informed the, this is what the Portuguese authorities claim, the Portuguese police informed the Irish embassy in Lisbon that an Irish citizen had been reported missing and that they were in possession of the missing person's passport. That's another important thing. They requested assistance to contact the family in Ireland. The Irish embassy told us that they advised the Portuguese police to contact the Guardi in Dublin because they do not get involved in such matters. That's from the Irish side. In other words, this matter has been dealt with by the Portuguese authorities. The Guardi in Dublin told us that they never received any alerts or notifications from the Portuguese. Portuguese police said that they'd followed all their protocols and that the Irish authorities didn't follow theirs. Yeah, so we're into classic bureaucratic and diplomatic blame games now in retrospective. So it seems that between the embassy, the Portuguese police, the Irish police, it was all about, uh, well, I thought you were notifying the family. Well, well, I thought you were. And nobody was actually doing anything and presuming someone else had done it. And that's uh, clearly what appears uh, to have happened. Let's take another uh, audio insert from family members. The last time I saw Jean was about a week before I went into the rotunda to have my, my son, my firstborn. When I came out of the rotunda, Jean texted me um, and she was going to come and visit me in Navin. And I was just so exhausted after having a C-section. I told her um, that I wouldn't be available that day, but I'd see her again soon. And I haven't seen her. I, I didn't realise I'd never speak to her again. And she's never met my children. It's very difficult to articulate to find words to express that enormous void. I see it every time I look at my dad, every time I look at my sisters, my brothers. There's no words for just the, the massive void, the vacancy that's there because we don't know where she is and we have no information. We have no facts. So there's just this nothingness, this vast amount of nothing where she used to be. And she was such a wonderful person. So it's... um. It's, it's hugely traumatic. She was a wonderful character. She's a wonderful older sister to have. So we're on to February, March 2021. And again, I want to keep emphasising. Remember, the passport was found with the phone and other belongings at the hostel. And you heard from, I think it was Francis there, the family member. Wherever Jean Toy is, she never 
left Portugal. She didn't have a passport. This is 2020. We're in lockdowns. Let alone being able to move from country to country without a passport. We know Jean Tite never left Portugal. The Portuguese authorities know that. She didn't have a passport. So February, March 2021. So we're getting up to nearly a year has transpired. And this is extraordinary because this appears to be around the last time the reading of messages was verified. And after this, there is no record of anyone sending messages to Jean's phone. That are read. On February the 17th, Jean's sister, Alison, is a third sister, also confirms that a message she sent via WhatsApp about the family's concerns for our well-being is read, but again goes unanswered. On March the 15th, a friend of Jean, Natasha, has a similar experience when sending a message. These are the last known read messages. So sometime around February, March 2021, whoever is accessing that phone, that's it. The reading of messages stops. Uh, unfortunately, due to terms, conditions, protocol, WhatsApp, delete Jean's account after 120 days of inactivity as per their terms. Now, I can't verify this, but my suspicion is that around early February, March, we think 2021, the phone finally was either left uncharged by whoever had it or the network provider simply cut the service due to the previous year's unpaid bills. It could be that the latter is more relevant. It, it could be due to the provider simply went, no, cut the service, that's it. But forensically, they're still, even without a service, there should still be a way of geolocating that phone if it was still attempting to ping a local network to get onto it, even if the network wasn't available. And again, we know nothing of that, and those records had not been provided to the family by the Portuguese police. January, March 2021, we're just still in that period. So another Christmas has passed by without contact from Jean. It's 17 months since Jean was reported missing in Portugal. Our family finally learn, finally learn that the loved one was formally reported missing as far back as July 2020. <laughs> so the family are only learning about this now in January and March 2021. She missing on the 13th of July, Monday the 13th of July 2020, the previous year. They make a full report to Gardaí at Fitzgibbon, Fitzgibbon Station in Dublin. Gardaí confirmed to the family that the Portuguese police or authorities had not notified them of a missing person case for Jane. They're also confirming that they knew nothing from the Irish Embassy in Lisbon or anything. The Thai family are informed of the details, the basic details, of a missing person report filed in July 2020 with the Portuguese authorities by Jean's Angolan boyfriend. Now, I'm not going to pry into what the sisters and the family knew of Jean's relationships, that whether they knew she had a boyfriend, she didn't have a boyfriend, whether this alleged boyfriend is claiming to be a boyfriend, but actually isn't, and it's just a friend, but he thought he was a boyfriend. I don't know. And again, we must be careful with what can sometimes be lost in translation. You know, I hear girls talk about their friends as girlfriends. 
maybe some boys talk about their friends as boyfriends. So I don't know whether we're talking about a classic boyfriend, girlfriend situation here. We can only go with what we know. Now we're gonna move on quite a leap here because guess what? We're just gonna jump a year. December 2022. And this is the next significant development in this case. The body of, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this uh, correctly, Xu uh, Quidamba, uh, a 41-year-old Angolan citizen and former boyfriend of Jean Tai, by his claim, is found dead in the kitchen of his home. He had lived in Portugal for two decades and eventually settled in Adrona uh, in Alcabedeci, Portugal. The nature of his death has not been disclosed publicly. It was Quitamba who had first reported Jean's disappearance in July 2020 to pl local police. Remember, that was on the, I think, the 15th, 16th, July 15th, 16th, 2020. This is uh, Coimba. By late 2022 into 2023, it is clear both family and friends of Hugh were also concerned about making contact with him. Now, I'm not gonna go into this too much. I've actually done a deep dive. I have found his profile. And um, what intrigued me was uh, there's there's not a great deal of activity and that just may simply because he wasn't a, a, an average user of uh, Facebook. Um, but I did find his profile and even after his death, I found it odd that people weren't for a while asking about his, you know, wh where he was or is everything okay. Um, I really had to dig deep to finally find someone. I'm not going to speak the name here. You can see that we'll call this person Marcio, who clearly is, was a friend of um, uh, the boyfriend. And he asked on his, on Chu's profile, um, Hi, does anybody have contact with you? Uh, the telephone number from the family is looking from. So clearly the family were looking for him, but people, it, it, it's like a repeat of Jane gone missing. There were friends and family who didn't appear to know much about what was going on and that he was now deceased. Some family members were aware of his passing. Again, with some deep delving, I finally found this person. Again, I'm not gonna speak their name, their full name. Uh, you can clearly see it's uh, a Coimba uh, family member. Um, I, I've translated it for you. Um, and this was on the 29th of December, 2022. And you can see the sad, tragic um, comment. Rest in peace, Kota. We'll meet on the other end. You'll forever be in our heart. So clearly by 2022, December the 29th, they were aware. I believe this was literally, this was quite close to when the deceased was found. January 2023. Increasingly frustrated, Jean's family began a concerted campaign to find answers to the questions, to their questions, and what exactly the authorities in Portugal in Ireland and Portugal are dealing with the case. Only now does the case 
begin to get traction i think some of the irish media around about september 2022 but not many started to f do some short features but i wasn't even aware of these it was january when i started to uh, pick up on this case uh, only now does the uh, january 23 only now does the case begin to get traction in the irish media and political assistance from local tds their politicians elected politicians in ireland in the local area and the department of foreign affairs and justice the family have already requested the help of outside agencies and portuguese journalists uh, a journalist is one of the few providing them with some private details he is uncovered and helping them navigate uh, the process february 2023 not for the first time members of jean's family traveled to portugal to commence a renewed flyer and poster campaign and meet with authorities there for answers the family table 14 questions they have to irish authorities and want answers to their concern and don't just cover uh, the following as provided by uh, jean's uh, sister uh, leona Tig. Since Jean, she says, since Jean's disappearance, it is our belief that neither the Portuguese police nor the Gardaí have accessed the following information, either at home or abroad. And I have a number of questions beyond just what uh, Jean's um, sister um, has asked about. Uh, we're just going to take a quick insert before I uh, an audio insert before I go through this. I intend to meet with the Portuguese police to get a full update on what have they done, if they have done anything, to find my sister, Jean Tai. People are in a lot of shock and disbelief at the state of affairs and at the lack of information we have received so far in Jean's investigation. Jean is missing now over two and a half years. We still don't have her mobile phone records. We still don't have her bank account details. We still don't have her social media footprint. We still don't know if she was meeting anybody on Match.com. We still don't have access to all of that information. Jean is still not up on the missing persons website and there has never been a public appeal for information to find Jean. Critical people were not interviewed. You heard again from uh, family members there. Again, what uh Leona is looking at is where's the evidence that police researched and analysed Jean's mobile phone records and other people who knew her, their records, social media profiles on Facebook, Instagram, Match.com and activity on these platforms, bank account activity, CCTV footage from the hostel or the surrounding area, a full list of people who were staying at the hostel at the time of Jean's disappearance and statements from them. Uh, Leona says, as a result of the lack of support from officialdom in both countries, the family has been forced to turn to outside agencies for help. Michael uh, Pereira, uh, investigative journalist with the Portuguese Expresso News has taken up the case of Jean's disappearance. The UK based uh, Lucy Blackman Trust, which specializes in the support of families affected in this manner are also helping us liaise with the local authorities through their resources on the ground in Portugal. Look, that's that's pretty much where we are. And yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a case where it's a shocking lack of evidence, lack of thoroughness. And when I reach my conclusions and thoughts on this case, and I'm going to add to 
June's sister, uh, Leona's uh, own list. My questions would be, why was this case handled as a missing person case initially? Yet, it seemed to very quickly, it was escalated to a criminal case, but yet it wasn't handed on to the judiciary police in Portugal immediately. This didn't actually happen, according to Michael Priera, until the summer of 2022. So either a case is a criminal case or it's not a criminal case and it's just a missing person case. If it's a missing person case, where the hell was the public request for information? Where was the organised public search of the area? You know, it's one or the other. <coughs> Why did it take police so long to track down persons known to Jean? Who last saw her? The hostel worker who witnessed her leaving with her handbag? Who she had contact relations to? with uh, friends boyfriends uh, people who live close by what specific case statements were taken that led to their criminal investigation what forensic requests were made by police for phone data and cctv footage from and after july 2020 if any what chain of evidence can the police explain for the phone who had it after it was found at the hostel and why it functioned for a long time after. Who did the police actually obtain statements from and why wasn't a full public search alert issued at the time in the locality, if any? Um, look, it doesn't take much extraction from this case to conclude that there's a very strong and reasonable, there's very strong and reasonable grounds to suspect third party involvement. There were clearly two primary key witnesses in this case, who could have provided whole-scale information on Jean's movements, activities, intentions and state of mind at the time on the day of her disappearance, Monday, July the 13th. The boyfriend and the friend she intended to meet, this Brazilian friend who we know little or nothing of. How serious or casual were these relationships and friendships? Did she ever complete that journey to her Brazilian male friend. The friend has claimed the meeting never happened and he later was and he later contacted her by phone and was concerned because he didn't get a reply as to where she was and sent her a proverbial are you okay message. Again, what efforts did local police go to to ascertain that Jean's meeting with her Brazilian friend never actually happened? He's claimed it never actually happened. Uh, in Portuguese media. So I'm left with the impression that despite all Jean's connections, boyfriend, if that's really what he was in such a short time, remember, she only arrived there in early uh, 2020. Friends, hotel, uh, hostel guests, including the local police, no one seems to be particularly invested in finding out what actually happened to Jean at the time of her disappearance. And Jean was considered just another visitor who drifted in, came and left, and a kind of nothing to see here. Don't know where she is, but she's another visitor. Probably just came and left and went off somewhere else, another country, whatever. You know, move on. Don't upset or alarm the uh, tourists in the area. Do you know what I mean? And that seems to be the impression I get between the local police and the judiciary police at this time and why we didn't have a concerted search effort the public weren't contacted for information and everything was done incognito very privately 
and no information was shared with the public, uh, with the media, and hence the family knew nothing for 17 months. Okay, let's uh, listen to our next audio piece. The Thai family wanting the Irish authorities to do more. Well, Fianna Foyle TD Brendan Smith for Cavan Monaghan, he brought 14 key questions about this case to the Thánaiste and Minister for Foreign Affairs, Michal Martin. Here's what happened. The family have put specific questions to the Portuguese police. I spoke to the Thánaiste Minister for Foreign Affairs, Michal Martin. We had a detailed conversation regarding this particular case on Wednesday night. I, on behalf of the family, put those questions again to the Tarnasha for transmission to the Irish Embassy and onwards to the police authorities in Portugal. And what I said to Michal Martin was the family need to get answers to every one of those questions that have been posed. What happened on foot of that conversation with Michal Martin? Well, Michal Martin assured me on Wednesday night that he, he would have his department follow that up immediately. Last night, I received a call from a very senior official in the department who briefed me on the up-to-date position. He said that the Portuguese authorities have been made very aware of the concerns of the Irish government in relation to Jean's disappearance. There are basic questions that have not been answered. We all know that nowadays there are basic investigative tools in regard to a missing person of that. And what I said to the Tarnister was, we have, and the family have more importantly, to get answers to those basic questions. Because we have to ensure that a thorough, diligent and absolutely comprehensive investigation is carried out into the disappearance of Jean. Let's ask ask ourselves, what is plausible in this case? You know, Forget the wild speculations. Stick to what we know, which is limited. But what's plausible? What makes sense? What pattern and evidence is there that would make it plausible that Jean Tai simply decided to vanish off the grid, so to speak, as, as we say, somebody goes missing of their own volition? Let's think about that. Despite Jean's independent nature, this seems to me, you can comment uh, reasons why you disagree with me, but this seems unlikely to me. She loves people, being around them. She loves her travelling adventures. She had social media accounts and was active on Match.com at the time. Every place she visited over many years She built friendships, connections with people from all facets of life. Her use of social media means she had a known digital footprint. You hear that from the family. It will be very difficult to disappear without trace, without the help from someone. And we're not in the 1960s and 1970s where you could do this and do it without trace. This day and age, this is... This will be an incredibly difficult feat to achieve, to just disappear off the face of the earth without trace, no footprint, just gone. It's very, very, very rare. She didn't have a passport to travel elsewhere at a time travel was particularly restrictive. She had no phone, that was left at the hostel. And as a world traveller, with all respect, her financial means were limited. We know that from her unpaid bills linked to her bank account. 
She'd booked a flight back to Ireland the day before her disappearance on July the 12th, the Sunday, but ultimately never took that prepaid trip. So what's more plausible? Jean Tai disappeared and someone directly connected to her that day knows more about her movements, her whereabouts and what actually happened to her. The circumstances have been compounded by Portugal's own police operations and its somewhat sleep with the fishes policy of dealing with critical matters of policing with cases and non-public disclosure. I get and I understand the rules and regulations in different districts and countries. All I'm going to say about this is I saw this unfold before I was 16 years ago in Portugal with another now infamous case of a missing person. That's another case, but there are shades of how this case was dealt with in reference to that case. Clearly, nothing has been learned in those 16 years. And again, I just want to stress this pod and video cast and episode 26 is about Jin Tai. I am not interested in hearing your going off on tangents about that said case back in, when was it, 2007, uh, about a missing child. We're not dealing with that case. This is the case we're dealing with and where we're going with this. Here's the one of the most important questions I have in looking at this case. Who was the person Jean was really going to meet late that afternoon on July the 13th, Monday, July the 13th, 2020, when she went missing? Who? Who really was that person? Now, from the limited details we have, friends and guests of the hostel where Jean was staying in Portugal have mentioned several names to police. She spoke about at the time, people she knew, acquaintances, what have you. I've heard a number of names mentioned privately and in the limited Portuguese media. Seth, Shu, another name, Antonio. But it seems that the people weren't quite sure who exactly she was meeting that afternoon beyond this description in the media of a male Brazilian friend. And I have a suspicion that the who she was meeting that day and what's what's been reported may not be absolutely correct from witnesses. And that's at the very best. I'm still unsure. We like I said, we we've two critical witnesses in this case. We've the boyfriend, claim boyfriend, uh she uh Quedemba, and we've this mysterious Brazilian male friend. Who the hell was that? No name? We've had names put out speculatively, publicly, but we don't know. Now, like I said, I did have a look at um, Shu Quidamba's um, Facebook profile, and I noted this. I noted, you can see there, the names Shu uh, Quidimba, Samuel, Antonio, Filo de Salvador and Antonio e de Laura Antonio. Antonio. I have a suspicion 
that has with a lot of cases where eyewitnesses and he said she said this is what I, I think I vaguely remember this or she mentioned this person that but I've serious suspicions about how correct the information is as to who she was meeting that late afternoon I think the answer to this case lies in knowing who Jean Tyke visited late afternoon on July 13th 2020 be it a friend or the boyfriend but her sisters are very lightly correct when they say this this my sister disappeared in portugal without a trace i don't believe that people vanish off the face of the earth without a trace we have to keep going we have to keep the faith and keep hope up and do the best that we can the answer to this case lies with those two people sadly and sadly for one of them, the boyfriend, and thoughts to his family, he's now deceased. But the answers lie with him and with the supposed Brazilian male friend she was visiting. And I think there's an awful lot there being conflated in the limited details we know publicly. But the answer lies there as to what happened to Tai on July the 13th, 2020. My thoughts are always with the family of Jean Tai, Leona, Francis and Alison, her sisters, all the siblings and extended family and friends. They need answers and they deserve a great deal more support. I would appeal to people who knew Jean closely at that specific time, who have details of her movements that day, who specifically she was meeting and to come forward and speak to the Portuguese judiciary and provide proper information to their investigation. And I would appeal to the Portuguese judiciary as it's not in their nature, but to be more public about this case and stop hiding behind diplomacy and tourism and how the outside world will think about you. They'll think about you a lot better if you resolve this case, if you explain why it went from a missing person case so quickly to a criminal case and what specifically was done and the reasons why it became a criminal case and what suspicions are there. And that doesn't have to be done publicly, but the family deserve to know every scrap of detail about this case and what the Portuguese have done in three damn years. Now as always, um, the way I deal with these missing person cases, cold cases as well, and I somewhat consider this case a cold case because that's effectively what it is, it appears to me. It's gone cold. There's n there doesn't seem to be any active investigation ongoing despite the efforts of the family. I'm not going to do an update on this case unless I have fundamental developments and an update to give you. Other than that, as always, be respectful in the comments. Avoid wild speculation and conspiracy theories. I'm not interested. You're on the wrong channel if that's what you're into. That's your buzz. Um, my thoughts again 
with the family. Um, thank you for joining me. I know this wasn't a resolution, but unfortunately, high-profile cases that about missing people, cold cases, unfortunately, this is the nature of what we deal with, what I deal with. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, episode 26 of Radio Spoiled, Jin Tai, Missing in Portugal, July 13th, 2020. You'll have the information there. If you have uh, anything you can add to this case that resolves and provides answers to the family. I'll see you again soon in the next episode. Uh, thank you for joining me again. Like, subscribe, uh, hit the notification bell for updates on the next case I cover. Uh, we'll see you soon. Um, God bless. Take care.